Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts always be acceptable in thy sight, for thou art our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. We've been going through the season of Epiphany, and we've been seeing Christ revealed. That's been the, the uh, um, lesson of this entire season, that Jesus reveals God to both the Jew and the Gentile. And, of course, today we pick up with that theme yet again, and in a different way. How many of you have a recording of someone that you love that's no longer here with us. What is it about a person's voice? What is it about somebody's voice, whether they've died and gone on, or whether they're in a far country and you pick up the telephone and you talk to them? There's something about the voice and the word of that person that brings that person to us, right? God's texts to us today, his word to us today, in scripture, and in these particular scriptures, is talking about that very thing, if we've got ears to hear. Open with me to the first reading, to Nehemiah. And I want to give you a little bit of background about what's going on in Nehemiah. Bible trivia is what's happened, what major significant event frames the book of Nehemiah. Yes? God's people returning back to the promised land from exile, right? The, the Persian king has sent them back and has sent Ezra and then Nehemiah back to Israel. And God's people are there to rebuild. So Nehemiah is charged with rebuilding the wall. And of course, there's the rebuilding of the temple. And we pick up here today with Nehemiah um, recording a most wonderful event of God's word being rediscovered. You see, what, what, what the text here doesn't tell us is that God's word, the Old Testament, the law, so what some people will say, call the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, had been lost. And God's people, too, had been lost. God reveals his word to his people the book is found. And so we're told here in Nehemiah that all the people gather together at the water gate. And they gather together to hear a sermon? No, to hear a word, the word of God. To hear God's word to his people. Um, uh, sometimes uh, we give, have long lessons during the readings. Today wasn't too bad. I think Ryan did a, a fine job pronouncing all of the names that uh, are recorded here in God's word to us. Um, but think about this reading. We're told here 
that it, go, it went in verse 3. He read it facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of men, women, and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Now that's a long reading. That's a long reading. From the beginning of the early morning to midday. But so much did they crave to hear from God. So much did they long to hear God's word that they were there attentive to just that being read. And now remember, these are the first five books of the Bible. Incredibly deep, incredibly hard to read all the way through. If you've ever picked up Exodus and started, you know, after all the fun stuff, you know, the, 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 the exodus of God's people from Egypt and the Ten Commandments and all that, and you get to the law itself, and then you get into Leviticus and Numbers, and yet they're so moved by this reading that they weep, that they weep. Why do they weep? Because this is God's word to them, something they've longed for, something they've missed Something they've desired, something that had been lost, that is now being given back to them. And we're told that Ezra opens the book, there in verse 5, in the sight of all the people. For he was above all the people, and he opened it, and all the people stood up. There we've got some, some ancient liturgics going on, right? All the people stand up to hear God's word. And all the people lift up their hands and they worship. You know, the Hebrew word for worship literally means fall face to the ground. So they worship God. Now, think about the New Testament. What's going on in our gospel passage today? Jesus, we're told, returned in the power of the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, and a report about him went out through all the countryside, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. First of all, notice what's going on. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is standing and reading what? The Word of God. Jesus is who? The Word of God incarnate. Keep that in mind. Jesus stands, unrolls this scroll, which is the lectionary of the Jewish people. This was, by God's providence, the reading that was appointed for this time. On this day, that he happens to be in his hometown, and he reads this Isaiah passage from Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's appointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor." And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him, and he began to tell them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Can you imagine if our lector, if Ryan, read something out of 
God's word and then sat down and said, this happened today. We'd all think he was nuts. But Ryan's not Jesus. Jesus, the word incarnate, the word made flesh dwelling among us here embodies everything that's written about. You see, God loved his people so much that he didn't just speak to them through prophets. He spoke to them in person. As wonderful as the word is, as wonderful as the voice of someone is, as much as that communicates to us, that person's substance, so much more it is when that person is in our presence. And what Jesus is claiming in the Luke passage today is, I'm not telling you about God. I am God. And I'm here. And this is the beginning of the kingdom. This is the fulfillment of everything that's been prophesied for thousands of years. And look what it is. What Isaiah prophesied about Christ to proclaim good news to the poor in verse 18. Well, if you dig into that, what does that mean? It's not just talking about the poor monetarily. It's talking about the poor of heart. You see, the poor have an advantage on the rest of us. They have to depend upon God. God provides for them, and they have to look to Him. They have no savings. They have no backstop. They have no other alternative. And so blessed are the poor because they are able to look and depend upon God. And Jesus saying here, in God's heart of hearts, God proclaims good news to the poor. The poor monetarily, the poor spiritually. And only, interestingly enough, the poor are able to accept Christ. Second of all, He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Liberty to the captives. Well, of course, in the Old Testament, this was talking about exile. But what do we see here? We see Jesus expanding that and talking about all mankind that's held captive by Satan, by sin. To proclaim liberty to the captives, to set them free and recovery of sight to the blind. Why recovery of sight to the blind? To see God. To be able to perceive what's going on in the kingdom of God. To proclaim the year of the Lord's... I'm sorry, I skipped one. Back to verse 18. To set at liberty those who are oppressed... Well, we have a re-echoing here of liberty to the captives, but those that are specifically oppressed by things. So, you know, everybody's captive to sin, but this is good news proclaimed to those who are captive to specific things and people. Addictions, chronic illnesses, habits that can't seem to be broken. And finally, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Do you see the parallel tying back to Nehemiah? Don't weep. Don't weep, people. Drink the sweet wine. Eat the fat. For this is the Lord's favor. This is the Lord's favor. Do you see the parallel? What Jesus is saying here is that to not see just God's word to us, but to see Jesus is the word of God incarnate with us. And the same remains true today. Now, Jesus Christ has ascended. Jesus Christ sits at the right hand. We proclaim that in the creed. He leaves us two things. His word and his sacraments. His word to us to give us instruction, to show us the love of God, to encourage us, to bolster our spirits, to leave a part of himself. But that's not all. As Anglican Christians, we believe that Jesus gives himself to us bodily, that he is with us, present bodily, every week when Holy Communion celebrated. That Jesus is here in this place. That Jesus in his Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts from the pulpit and feeds our souls and bodies from the table. This is the good news of the kingdom of God. And of course the good news is that it doesn't end on Sunday. It equips us to go out and to be the body of Christ. That's what's going on in the 1 Corinthians passage. I, I only want to touch on it because the 1 Corinthians passage we, we delved into just a few short months ago in our series on 1 Corinthians. But what's going on in that passage? We're being called to be the body of Christ. We're being called to serve at Christ's behest each other and the world around us. And he doesn't leave us as orphans. He equips us with his word and with his sacrament. He gives us the ability to perform everything that he calls us to do. The question is, one, do we have eyes to see? Two, are we poor? Are we poor enough to receive? Notice when you come up to the, to the altar, we kneel. And what do we do? In any other context, what would you do if someone came up to you like this? It's asking, it's beseeching, right? What are we doing when we do this to our Lord? We're saying, I am poor feed me. I am empty. Give to me. I'm blind. Open my eyes. That's what we do every Sunday. Nothing short of that. From his word, from his sacrament, all out of his love. God incarnate. Amen.